Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates, Send in the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decalator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts. Mark and AJ. Joining us now is the man who's been working with professional Olympic hockey players for almost two decades. He's a level five trainer. To reach that certification, you must train a medalist at the international level. He is one of the few trainers worldwide with that credential. His 8,000 square feet state-of-the-art PHP training center in Stamford, Connecticut has enabled him to expand and use unique equipment that has helped produce five Stanley Cup winners, Olympic gold medalists, NHL All-Stars, a Hart Trophy winner, an Art Russ winner, a Con Smythe winner, a Hobie Baker finalist. He has trained players from all 30 NHL teams as well as members of the OHL, KHL, QMJHL, USHL, AHL, German Hockey League, National League, Swiss League, Finnish Elite League, NCAA Olympic teams, World Cup, and World Championships. This past Wednesday, he has added strength and conditioning consultant for the New York Rangers to his resume. It is a pleasure to welcome Ben Prentice to WLIE 540 AM Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Ben. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Before we get into the interview, since it is Father's Day, we've been asking all our beat guys and our guests, what did, what did their fathers do to instill the love of sports in them? What was it about your dad that got you into sports with him? Uh, I, I have, well, being a hockey guy, I have absolute clear memories of my dad taking me to those the Nassau Coliseum back when the Islanders won four cups in a row. And uh, that, that is a distinct memory in, in, in my eyes. And, and going to Madison Square Garden and watching Ranger Islander games back then, which is, was a lot different than it is now, <laughs> not as, not as family-friendly as it was. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I can attest to that. Uh, great stuff, great stuff. So first off, congratulations on your new position with the Rangers. Um, Thank you. The off-ice conditioning has become such a major part of the game. Now, I remember way back in the day, you mentioned the Islanders' glory years and, and the, the Ranger-Islander rivalry. Back in yeah. the day, there was only Laura Stam, who was a power skating instructor who the Islanders used. And then in right. the late 80s, I also remembered this, which I actually had. It was this thing called the Power Glide. And basically, it was this laminated piece that, that wasn't I didn't even know what it was made out of. And you rolled it out, and it came with these, like, nylon booties and you basically yeah. went from side to side to, to build right. up your, your hip strength and your lateral movement. Um, sure. So things have certainly come a long way since you know we've mentioned yeah. that you've been in the industry for two decades now. How has it changed just in the two decades that you've been part of it? Well, I think to make the answer a little easier, it's gotten a lot more specific. So Back, especially when I first started, being hockey isn't the most popular sport in this country. That basically, football strength coaches became hockey strength coaches. So, and with not much experience with training hockey players, they essentially trained hockey like they did would football. Now, the only difference being <laughs> skating on a one millimeter blade is a lot different than running. The mechanics are different, the, the surface of the ice, how hard or soft it is, the muscles that you use, et cetera, et cetera. So I'd say probably in the past 10 years or so, and maybe even 
in the last five, it's gotten much more specific, at least to what I do with hockey, in terms of the energy systems, uh, training the different muscles, training the work capacity, and then sort of the cherry on the top at the end of the summer is you train for power. And, and the game has gotten so, if you talk to anybody in the NHL, they'll tell you that the game has gotten so fast and there's not much room out there. So it's very important now that, A, these guys know how to skate, but then sort of have the horsepower uh, to be able to produce there. You know, it's interesting in looking over your career track. You interned with, with Charles Poliquin, who's recognized yeah. as one of the most world's accomplished strength coaches. What was the most important thing that you learned from him during your internship? Well, I actually worked for him for four years, and that's sort of how I got started. I trained um, Dougie Waite, who's the, the coach of the Islanders. I trained him for two summers. I trained Keith Kachuk, Jeremy Roenick, Chris Pronger, uh, those guys. So basically, I, I think Charles instilled in me a different concepts that are, uh, you know, a little too scientific for ex- explanation. But basically, he 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 was really big on getting the guys strong, but getting them strong and healthy. Meaning, before you get them strong, work smaller muscles, work the rotator cuff, work the groin work the ankles, work the hips, and then build upon that to get the guy stronger and not to rush yourself in terms of periodization of your program design where take your time in the beginning of the summer and put them back together, and then as the summer progresses, sort of put brick upon brick to get them ready for training camp in you know middle, early to middle of September. Now, there's so many different components to fitness for a hockey player. You mentioned that. First and foremost, you mentioned as well that, that hockey is, is a sport of power. The game obviously consists of fast turns, short bursts of speed, checking, shooting hard, and now more than ever keeping up with the high speed of the game. Yet you take a look at a guy like Yaramir Yager, who actually began right. doing 1,000 squats and 150 push-ups a day <laughs> at the age of 7. He'll turn 46 during this season, and he actually shows no sign of, of slowing down. So how important is the lower body to the the key to developing a good hockey player? Well, it, yeah, I mean, that's – I always joke when guys like to brag about how much they bench in hockey. I say, well, you don't skate on your hands. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's important to have upper body strength. But, uh, yeah, the, the legs feed the wolf, as we like to say. So, um, but, again, it's specific because – you have to basically look at everybody's what we call a force velocity profile, which means you can line up Yager and Crosby and, you know, Kreider, and all three guys might have different needs in terms of their energy capacities, meaning one guy might have more power production, the other guy might have more force production, and then the other guy might be stronger. So you need to understand the force velocity profile to then train each guy what's more advantageous for them. So, you, you know, Yager's, he, you know, he's a, he's a unicorn. He, what he does <laughs> is, is good for him, but I would not necessarily prescribe that to another 14-year-old kid coming up. I mean, <laughs> you know, that, that's something that has done well for him. Probably, he's probably done really well despite that, so to speak. 
Right. You know, every year at the Combines and the start of camp when teams do their fitness training, a lot of focus is on the, the cardiorespiratory, the aerobic fitness, which features the capacity of the cardiovascular and respiratory systems to supply oxygen to the muscles. So there are a few questions for me on this. How much of that fitness is a product of genetics and, and maybe even youth because you see all these young kids you know, in the combines and they're obviously younger. Um, does that change as you get older? And is, what techniques can be used for an athlete to improve his, his respiratory fitness? Yeah, that's a good question because that's probably one of the most misunderstood concepts because it is genetic, and well, percentage-wise, I, I, I would probably put it over 50% in terms of genetic because I've had plenty of guys. Well, and then, all right, so and then the second fold to that answer is you don't have to tra- train for your VO2 on a bicycle, which is how they test it. So you can get a better VO2 skating. You can get a better VO2 doing a certain type of trainings where you're not resting as much in between or, or, or in between sets or you're calculating your rest, or you can get it on different altitude types of training. So, you know, there's, there's different ways of getting it. And I've had guys that have done really well on VO2 and Wingates that have never sat on a bike or done quote-unquote cardio all summer long and have come up at the top of their, their um, the campus. So, a lot of it is genetic, and that. So, if you actually take somebody that's um, that has a, a predisposition to do well, and then say you put them on the bike or you train them for VO2, it would actually hurt them because they already are doing well, and then that would probably slow them down rather than get them better. So, it, it's an important part, but you kind of have to know the right way to train them and put them on the right stuff because, uh, A, I don't use the bike, and, B, I don't have guys run. You know, I've, running to me, again, is a different, completely different energy capacity and different transfer than skating. So, in other words, a guy could get really, really good at running and say, oh, I'm in great shape, and then he can get on the ice for his first bag skate and be absolutely exhausted, and then he's frustrated if he just spent his whole summer running thinking he's in shape, and he's not in hockey shape. In case you just tuned in, we're talking to Ben Prentice, who does, this past week was named the strength and conditioning consultant for the New York Rangers, and he runs the PHP Training Center in Stamford, Connecticut. You know, I spent a lot of time on your website, and I noticed that you have Ashley Christie, a nutritionist on staff, who has a special interest in gut-brain connections and gluten sensitivity. She advocates the importance of an anti-inflammatory diet for athletes, a complement to athletes' nutrition. She's trained in blood chemistry analysis, thyroid dysfunction, food sensitivities, and she advises the PHP athletes on diets and supplements. I also noticed that Mark Teixeira, who actually went right. gluten-free after a number yeah. of injury-riddled you know, riddled seasons and had a very strong year after that diet, and he kind of pointed to that diet as the key as to how, much, how different he felt day-to-day on the field. So what part does the nutrition you know, component play in, in the current NHL athlete's life? Well, for guys that have longevity and guys that are super successful, it plays a lot. Again, you're going to, I'm not going to name any names, but you're going to have the, you know, quote unquote beauties, the guys that are eating junk food and drinking and doing all those things. And, and they're the outliers that still do well. But 
you'll be hard pressed to find a guy that does that that has a long career. Uh, it, it, it's just as important. I, I, I can't give you a percentage, but it's equally as important as the being in the gym. You know, I have a guy in the gym for five, six hours a week, seven hours a week. Now, uh, there's a lot of other time that he he's got. So, in terms of recovery and training and all of these other modalities, we we do it all. So, you know, between recovery and nutrition, it, it's it's a game changer. I mean, Mark, for instance, you know, made the All Star team the following year. Obviously, not due solely to his diet, but in terms of keeping his inflammation down. And as you mentioned, you know, the gut is now referred to as second brain so when you can control your gut meaning controlling how you're assimilating food how you're alkalizing food it affects the way you think and now we see that that also affects the way an athlete performs so what we typically do with our nhl athletes is when they come in we do food sensitivity testing or food elimination either or and then we're able to specifically say He's allergic to dairy or gluten or wheat or nuts or, you know, it, it can come up that you're allergic to a certain strawberry that's only in Hawaii or something, and, and it may not even be something that you've eaten, but now you know not to eat that food. Uh, and then it will we'll tell them what foods to eat to optimize performance. And then we're able to give them uh, supplements based on that, uh, with a body fat composition, so every month we're able to see these guys getting better, leaner, healthier, and, and therefore preventing injury as well. You know, you take a look at these guys that come to you, and obviously they, they either made it to the very top of the game or are striving to make it to the top of the game. So I'm wondering how much of what you can accomplish comes from the mental makeup of a player. And I remember talking to Matt Molson when he was an Islander, and he told me at that point he had reshaped your entire – you had reshaped his whole training philosophy in meeting you. He said it was a 180-degree turnaround for him, and it changed his life, and he owed you a lot. And he yeah. basically said that you told him, I'm going to transform you into a big NHL player. And you know what? I had those in my notes, and I figured, you know what? Let me reach out to Matt and, and talk to him a little more. So I spoke to him, and I said, you know, I asked him what makes you different than other trainers. And he told me that every program you write for someone is unique to them, what they need to improve. You spend countless hours learning and researching new and different ways to help your clients. You're an expert at pushing people to their limits. He went on to say that the two of you formed a great relationship. His son's middle name is actually named after you. So a guy like Matt, a guy who graduated from Cornell University, captain of his hockey team, has the talent already. What do you do to push a guy like that to get to the next level? Well, those are nice things for him to say, first of all. I have to thank him. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, right before I got on the phone with you, I've been probably here on a Sunday for the past three hours writing workouts to get ready for tomorrow. Um, it, to me, it's... I know it's not the answer people want to hear, but it really is specific to each person where, you know, I can, I, I can get Chris into Chris Kreider's head differently than Brad Richards, than Marty St. Louis, than Pavel Buchnevich, than Matt Molson, um, than Max Pacioretty, you know, all these guys, then Cam Atkinson, they all are different. And, you know, one guy, if, if I talk to Cam the same way I talk to Matt or, if I, you know, sp 
spoke to him at, di- at dinner differently, it, they, he might not react the same way. So, you know, it's getting to know the guy, and then it's getting to know how to push them or how not to push them and how much they're willing to do. You know, not every guy that I train embraces my uh, the culture that I try to instill as well as Matt did or as Marty did or as Chris Prater does. So certain guys, you know, will do the training, but they won't follow the diet as much or they won't follow the recovery modalities or whatever the case. But the guys that sort of embrace it all and, and trust me in the process uh, typically are the ones that reap the biggest benefit. Again, we're talking to Ben Prentice of PHP Hockey, as well as the new strength and conditioning consultant for the New York Rangers. Uh, of all those guys that me- you mentioned, and you did mention you work with Chris, can any one of other guys that you've worked with uh, jump out of a pool standing like Chris Kreider can? <laughs> well, you know, I don't want to pump his tire more than any other guys, but you can pretty much – there is nobody in the NHL that is as powerful – and as fast as Chris Kreider, I mean that—that is—he—he uh, is—he is in his uh, league of his own. I mean, but you know what people don't see because as you'll—I'm not big on social media. We don't post workout videos. You know, people don't see what we do. But you know, there is in terms of me being in touch with him, you know, daily or weekly throughout the season as well for for his diet, for his recovery, for training. Um, you know, there's nobody that, that takes it as serious. And, and I'm glad to see that, you know, this year paid off for the great year. And that's the thing that people don't see is, is what they do in the gym and, and the amount of work that they put in. So, But, no, uh, uh, I, well, we might have a few guys that could <laughs> probably jump out of a pool, but – but they're not posting it on videos. <laughs> you know, it's very interesting that the the franchise that you're connected to now is the New York Rangers. Uh, because one of the first things that John Tortorella did when he was head coach was to increase the fitness level of the team during his tenure. There was no team that outworked the, the Rangers in the third period. Elaine Vigneault, when he came from Vancouver, due to their awful travel schedule, he uh, had a connection with fatigue science, and he utilized scientifically validated ready band sleep monitoring technology right. and scheduling software to advise the Canucks on various lifestyle choices as far as sleep and sleep patterns. So, you know, you you come from an area now where the two most recent coaches have somewhat of a background in, in trying to find the edge in any particular way. What is the thing you're most excited about bringing to the New York Rangers? Well, it's to work, you know, Reg Grant, the head strength and conditioning coach, and Jim Ramsey, the athletic trainer, are two guys that have, who I respect and who have been there for 15 years plus. So I'm looking to, A, just to fit in with them and, and, to to uh, work with them and be a part of a team and, and to try to help develop a culture um, of again you don't like to just say strength and conditioning because it, to me it, it's about recovery it's about uh, a lifestyle and all of those things will will accumulate to the strength and conditioning so I guess I would say I, I'm I'm just happy to be a part of a great group of guys in terms of the performance end of it and to try to help and get that culture even better. You know, it's also interesting because you take a look at one of the other franchises in the New York area, the New York Mets, and and their 
injury history over the last two to three years. Um, they hired uh, someone in the field as well, you know, um, the Barwitz program, which right. was, uh, you know, very highly touted. And in some ways, you know, are you worried, you know, granted this is not, a, an, a, this is not, the correlation is not because the, the Mets hired Barwitz as a consultant the trainer that they're besieged with these, these injuries, but yet, some people will make that connection. Are you worried that during the season, if for some reason the Rangers are unlucky injury-wise, it could have a negative impact on your business? No, absolutely not. Okay. I mean, that thought never even occurred to me. I mean, uh, first of all, what people don't realize, I mean, I'm, I can't comment on other strength coaches and what they're doing, but you have to understand that it's a team sport. And, and to quanti- I, I always tell people, uh, you know, just because – so-and-so scores 25, 35, 40 goals that works with me. That's not because of me. It's, I'm a small part of that. And then on the other hand, if he gets hurt on a, whatever the case may be, blocks a puck, uh, knee-to-knee contact, you know, that's not my fault either. So, um, you know, you, it's a team sport, and it's very difficult to quantify what's been done in the strength and conditioning other than non-contact injuries, and obviously the nutrition and the recovery and of those things. So um, I'm confident in what I do and the systems that I use. And, again, it's not just me. It's, uh, you know, Reg and Jim have been there for years and years and years, and, you know, I'm a small part of that team to, to try to contribute some some things. So, so absolutely not. That's not a concern of mine. All right, lastly, what would a typical day at PHP Training Center in Sanford look like? And do you offer any services to, to maybe the not-so-serious athlete, like, let's say, an overweight, middle-aged talk show host who's tried every <laughs> diet in the world and you know, loses the weight and then puts more back? Sure. So tomorrow, if you came in, there'd be all our sessions are booked one-on-one with, or two-on-one. Uh, so we have, I have 17 coaches that work for me right now. We do hour sessions tomorrow. We're going to do 157 sessions. Wow. Uh, we wow. did over 610 last week. And if you came in, you'd see uh, a DJ. You'd see some cold brew organic coffee on tap. We have a meal delivery system. We have mobility teachers. We have uh, seven chiropractic offices for soft tissue work. Um, so we, we offer training for everybody. So, you know, we, you, our wall street guys come in at six and seven in the morning and then in the, in the summertime, you know, 90% of what we do is, is hockey players from ages 13, 14, all the way up to the professional level. But, uh, throughout the year, besides teams, uh, other high school teams and, and, uh, junior teams, we absolutely cater to anybody that wants to get better and healthier, you know, that's a good spot for them. Food delivery service. I kind of like that. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Ben, thank you so much for your time tonight. We look forward to seeing what impact you'll have on the Rangers' quest to win the Stanley Cup this upcoming season. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Our pleasure. Ben Prentice, a strength and conditioning consultant for the New York Rangers.